What's up, family? Thank you for tuning in to the Dream Nation podcast. My name is Casanova. I'll be your host, and I'm excited to be bringing to you entrepreneurs, thought leaders, and trailblazers from around the world. Stay locked in with us because we're about to go on a journey that will change your life. What's up, Dream Builders? Have you ever thought, man, it would be really dope to talk to the guy who invented Uber or invented Tesla or any of these companies when they first got started? Well, that's what we got the opportunity to listen to today. We have none other than David Cabello. And David is one of the co-founders of Black and Mobile, which has been inspiring culture and delivering food to the black community and being able to really provide light in a dark time for so many small businesses. And what's dope about it is we're able to hear how he's bootstrapped his way, how he's been able to turn a dream into a reality and what his struggles have been and how he's overcame them. So if you're somebody right now that you're thinking that you want to dive into a culture with a new concept and be able to find your own light and path, this is what it's going to give you the knowledge and the wisdom to do. Stay tuned. And if you can stick around and take a lot of notes, let's jump right into it. What's up, Dream Nation? We are back again and we got an episode today that I'm excited to talk to my brother Mr. David because he is somebody that as a young entrepreneur if you're listening at this right now and you're thinking about starting a business or maybe you just started a business but you're really trying to see look is there anybody else out there that's going through it like me but continues to get up every single day and prosper and be resilient this is that episode for you so without further ado please help me in welcoming my brother, Mr. David from Black and Mobile. David, you want to go ahead and say what's up to Dream Nation? Hey, thanks Dream Nation for having me. I really appreciate it. I'm excited and I'm honored to be a part of it, to share my story with the community. And I just really appreciate the opportunity. Yeah, man, this is going to be a fun one. So for anybody who does not know about Black and Mobile, who does not know about David, who does not know about the movement that you've been creating over this last two years, let's go back. And here's what I like to do. I always love to make sure that I could give the proper introduction. And the way that I do that is by comparing entrepreneurs to superheroes. And the reason being is because we fly around the world, we put on our cape, and we try to solve the biggest problems. But for every Superman that we know out, there's a Clark Kent behind him. So if we could take it back and we can dive a little bit deeper, tell us who is the Clark Kent behind David Cabello? Yeah, so my story, it's, it's, been, a, it's, been, a, it's been a long one, not just for entrepreneurship, just in general in my life, but with entrepreneurship with Black and Mobile, it all started in college, honestly. Me and my twin brothers, we were roommates in college. Uh, we went to Shippensburg University. My first, throughout my whole life, I've been expelled from schools. I've been held back, kicked out of school districts. So when I got to college, I'm like, things are going to change for me. I'm going to do better. First semester, I almost got kicked out. My grades were so low. I was just partying. I wasn't focused. My brother was always grounded, always. He said, look, don't do this. Like, he went to summer school, like, don't go out, like, just do the work, let's read these books. He was always researching about Black history, about culture, because he had a, a professor that introduced him to it. Hmm. Um, but actually, a white professor that basically just always talked about Africa and, and, and actually shed light on it, you know, instead of just actually dimming it. Right. So he, he took that opportunity to learn more about it. And second, third semester, he was really just feeding me the knowledge. Like, look, you got to read this. You got to read this. And at first, I was just like, man, get this from, get it away from me. I, I'm not reading this right now. I'm trying to have fun. And then one day it hit me. I'm like, man, this is some deep stuff. I was always an entrepreneur. But then 
as far as being rooted for the community only, I never, I was a business owner. I was going to go into, you know, business to make money. Yeah. So the semester came and at that point we weren't even going to school. We weren't even going to class. We were literally skip. We were skipping class every day, researching, watching videos, whether it was Dr. Savi, I became vegan. We were watching Dr. Umar, Enfudishi. We were watching all the scholars in the community, Tariq Nasheed. And we were just learning more. We just wanted to learn more. We weren't, we weren't interested in college. Had a black professor from Africa tell me that white people are smarter than black people. Had so many people tell us we were crazy. So many people like, you guys are extremists. And just so many people, the National Guard were looking at us. My brother, he left the National Guard, said, I'm fighting for black people when the war happens. So many things happened to where people just labeled us as like, these guys are just absolutely insane. Mm -hmm. So the day after Trump got elected, we dropped out of college. And we said, we're going to help black businesses any way we can. We had no idea how we were going to do that. At 21 years old, we had no idea, but we said, we're going to help black businesses anyway. So we dropped out of college. I started as a janitor at a bookstore. And I started delivering food. Someone said, you could deliver food in a bite. I was like, you're lying. Please show me how to do it. I didn't know about no Postmates or Uber Eats. I didn't know about them. Yeah. That was in 2016. I didn't know about them. Someone told me I got a bike. I started delivering for Postmates. So that's how I all started. Black and mobile was never in existence. I was just delivering food to make money to feed myself. I was broke. Talk about dirt poor. I had nothing literally wearing the same stuff. So I was just trying to make some money. And then about a couple months after that, I started working for Uber Eats. And then after that, I'm trying to make some money now. So I started working for Caviar. It takes six months to even get in there. I literally went into the office and said, I, I need this job. Like, I basically finessed them to help me put, get me in the system in two weeks. So I started working for Caviar and I was making like 25, 40 an hour. Made like $1,100 and 30 hours of work. And at that point, I said, I want a bicycle, a regular bicycle. It wasn't electric. It was just a regular bicycle in the rain, the heat, the snow. I made that much money just grinding. So I said, if I can make this much money delivering food on a bicycle, how much could I make if I own a company? And at that point, I already knew I was helping black businesses. So I went home, I typed into YouTube, how do I start a delivery service? I watched literally about two of the corniest videos ever. I Googled some stuff. I researched the market, come to find out there was no black owned food delivery service in the country on that level. Grubhub, Uber Eats, DoorDash, Postmates, E24, Caviar, GoPuff, they're all white or Asian owned, there's so many of them. And I said, I was gonna be the first black owned one. And that's exactly what I did. Man, what a powerful story. I love it. What I want to know is, as you decided that, hey, I'm going to do this, where was your brother at this time? Did you guys start it together is what I'm asking? Or did you have anybody else that was pumping your head up to say that you can do it? Or were everybody like, ah, man, you're a little bit crazy, but you knew internally you was going to make it work? I mean, my brother, he was, he definitely was like there with me, but as far as me, I did everything to get it started. I mean, I, just, I taught myself Shopify, I designed my own website, I put my own app together. My mom and my brother both admitted that. They didn't even think it would be this big. Like my brother, he had a son. His only focus was his son. He wasn't focused on the, the potential of a business. He was like, I need money now. So that was his focus. My mom, me and her weren't really even talking. So she was looking like, well, she told me when I dropped out of college, you guys are, she basically said, the richest people don't go to college. That's what she said to me, word for word. So I was like, at least she's not mad at me, but she didn't really understand what I was doing. She was like, she didn't really understand. Go get a job. My grandma, go get a job. Everybody's like, go get a job. We need to make some money. This isn't going to work. And for the first year, I really didn't. Nobody, business owners didn't want to give me a shot. They didn't want to listen to me. Um, couldn't get any drivers. Like It was just, it was a rough first year of trying to put it together. But yeah. what really propelled me to even take the next step, because I, I was scared. I was like, I don't even know how I'm going to start. And you were and I, how old at this time? I was 22. 22, okay. 22, and then 
Yeah, 22 was 2017, then, yeah, and then 2018, I was 23. So during that time, I didn't know what I was going to do, but then right before I launched, because I had a business that signed up, one of the biggest businesses in the city, they got signed up, and they said, you know, we're going to give you a shot. I got so excited, I went home, I went to the gym, LA Fitness, I started playing basketball, and I fractured my foot, sprained my ankle, and I didn't walk for 50 days. And I had to ride a bike, so I couldn't walk. Crying, I was depressed, I didn't know what I was going to do. So the minute I said, the minute I start walking again, there's nothing that's stopping me. I'm starting this business. And the guy I was working with for two years, I worked for him. I mean, I done did his whole platform, his website and all that. The day I started my business, he never said another word to me again. We never talked again because he wanted me to work for him. So there's been so many people that have scammed me, that have got over on me, that didn't believe in me. It was like, I don't even care what anybody has to say or anybody thinks, I'm starting my business. And the first five months of business, I did $5,000 in sales. Hmm. I got hit by a car. I closed down and I relaunched in October. And ever since then, the last quarter of 2019, we probably did 20,000, right? This year, we're on pace to do five, 600,000. Wow. One year. So 25,000 a whole year last year, five, 600,000 this year. Just from believing in myself. And I'm only in one city, really. Detroit, two weeks before, two weeks after we went to Detroit, COVID happened. The whole city got shut down. So that we didn't really. We didn't really get to do anything in Detroit. Then we just launched in Atlanta. So I'm doing all of this just from one location, and I run the entire Atlanta and Detroit right here from Philly. Most people, they want to stay concentrated. How did you decide? Did you have a mentor or somebody like that that said, look, you can expand this out because franchising is a whole nother thing than running a small business? Oh, yeah, yeah. Honestly, I don't have, any, I don't have anyone funding me. I don't have anybody. I'm 100% owner. I don't have any mentors. I'm doing this all by myself. I have my mom and my brother that work for me, but they work for me. Like I, I basically, I'm calling the shots. No one is like, the only person that's calling the shots for me is God. He's the one who's guiding me. He's the one who's tell, showing me the direction to go, but it's all just on gut. And it's all just knowing I can do it. Like Detroit, Detroit was a personal and business reason. Detroit is one of the blackest cities in America. So that's automatically a potential market, but we're related to the Honorable Elijah Muhammad. That's my great grandmother's first cousin. So ah. he, he went to Detroit when he left Sandersville, Georgia. So I said, I want to go to Detroit as well. I want to follow his footsteps. It's more of a spiritual battle. It's not about, it's not about money. It's more of a spiritual battle and the ancestors are guiding them. So that's how I looked at it. And that's why I went to Detroit. Now Detroit didn't work out the best because there were no drivers. Everyone's getting unemployment. It's hard for Uber East to find drivers. Not just Black and Mobile, it's hard for other services to find drivers. So that was Detroit and Atlanta. Who doesn't want to go to Atlanta and be a Black-owned business? That's just, that was obvious from the eye. Well, Atlanta's next. And then we got other cities on our radar. But Atlanta, if we can make it in Atlanta, for sure, we'll be able to just propel anywhere. Because Atlanta's like that. That's the city you want to go to for a black business. I love it. Now, for you, do you is your vision, has it always been to service specifically black-owned businesses? Or did you have you ever thought that, yo, I... As I, I want to make sure that we are focused on speaking to Black-owned businesses and helping Black-owned businesses, but if somebody else comes in and they have a, a, a big restaurant, whatever it is, a big chain, let's say a Texas Roadhouse or something, reaches out and says, hey, you know what, we want to do a partnership with Black and Mobile, what would your response be? My response would be, at this time, we are only focusing on underrepresented businesses that need help. So unfortunately, we're having to decline at the moment. In the future, once we have every Black-owned restaurant across the country on our platform and they're able to be represented the right way, and then we'll be able to do business with you. That would be my response because I've never tried to target. I've had people apply, like Subways. I have Subway apply. I've had grocery stores apply. 
like major ones too. And I declined them all. I said, right now, this is my niche. And there's nothing against me hating you or not, not wanting to do business with you. But right now our businesses need help. So instead of focusing on everyone else, I need to focus on our people first because you guys already have Instacart, Uber Eats, Grubhub, all these other white and Asian owned businesses that cater to you. But when you go to these platforms, you don't see too many black owned. When's last time you seen a black owned grocery store? So before I go focus right. on another grocery store, I'm going to focus to make sure we have a grocery store and that we can deliver for them first before I do business with you. Man, I love it. And that's the values, right? And a lot of people, they get that mixed up because the money starts to come in or the money's not coming in. Like you said, we only did, what, $5,000. I didn't grow my whole life until this year and I'm still broke. <laughs> <laughs> so it, like money didn't motivate me, honestly. It really didn't motivate me. I knew money would come. I still know more money's coming. So money is not the motivation. And that's what I want to tell anybody that's watching. If you have a business, do not do it for money because this business that I'm doing alone you're not going to make money in the first couple of years. Like you put, I got to put out for apps. I'm paying everybody. I'm paying drivers. I'm, I'm only getting a small cut. So then like I'm getting 80%. I'm right. only getting a small cut from the restaurant, but in any business, you're going to have to flip it. You're going to have to, you know what I mean? The profit margin, you're going to put it back in there. So anybody that's on the business, if you do it for money, you're most likely not going to be successful. This is literally by far for money. Like I'm doing this for a purpose. So when I'm not running my business, I'm depressed. I'm upset. I'm like, like, what the hell can I do to get this back up and running? Because this is like my, no one, I feel like no one can duplicate what I'm doing because it's coming from the soul. You can't duplicate someone's soul. Hey, what's up, Dream Builder? Have you been getting any value out of this episode? Would you like to get more exclusive content just like this delivered right to your inbox? If so, head on over to dreamnationpodcast.com and you can sign up for the email list and that will give you access to exclusive content and more interviews just like this that's going to be delivered only to our tribe. So head on over to dreamnationpodcast.com. Let's get back to it. I love it, man. Talk to me about over now you've started to see an increase, right? Oh, yeah. Social media is really taking off for you. Everybody loves the mission. I love the mission. That's why we brought you on. And we love, just like you said, the soul. What's been your biggest challenge during the pandemic, seeing as a lot more people know that they need your service? I would say the biggest challenge is, and not pandemic or not, the biggest challenge is getting drivers. I feel like I am coming up with a new business to help with that, but I feel like it's, kind of, it's been a challenge to get our people to work for black businesses because we're so used to working for other people. I'm not saying all mm. of our people, but we've been conditioned to work for other people. We've been the working class, we're the consuming class. So that's already an issue right there to get, to show people that I can, like, you could trust me. I'm going to pay you on time. Right. Uh, you're going to make the good money. And then, say, and then same thing with restaurants. They're used, I'm the only one in the nation doing what I'm doing. So they're used to Uber Eats. They're used to Grubhub. They're used to Postmates. They're, when I come around, most people are like, some people said, I didn't even think this was real. So that shows you the, the, the type of you know, belief they had in the business. They said, I didn't even know this was a real business. So right. getting them to actually trust me and I'm actually running a legit operation, everyone that has signed up with me and that we've been running, they all have vouched for my service more than the other services. I got one restaurant, they're about to cut every single last service off just to, just to do business with us in Detroit. Wow. So that's just how we operate, where our drivers, we make sure no taking food. Like I tell my driver, shut up, if you take the food, you're fired. So we're just running things a little differently. And again, it's for a mission. Like everyone knows Uber Eats, everyone knows what they're doing, but that money is not going back into our community. That money is going into their community. So alone, we just get the support just like that because they know it's for a good cause. I love it, man. Have you tried to reach, like what's mentors 
mentorship look like for you? And what I mean by that is you tried to reach out to Uber Eats, like CEO, because what you're doing is super profound. And especially to be doing it at this age, have this much passion and have this much intentionality, that's something that's very rare. So I would feel like something that's always said to me or was said to me in the beginning, and it really stuck with me, is that no matter what you're trying to do, if you're persistent enough, you can get anybody to at least give you a conversation. Why? Is because if they are a true entrepreneur and they're really selfless, they understand what it's like to be in your position because they were there at one point. And so understand that persistence respects persistence. And so the reason why I ask you that is when you look at it, have you tried to reach out to any of these other people that have built it for their communities and just take some of that knowledge or that information or what's mentorship look like for you? I have never reached out to any other service and I probably never will. Um, they can't guide me. On, literally only God and the ancestors can keep guiding me and just keep going. So I will never reach out to them. Now, Postmates, they have reached out to me and other delivery services, but I, haven't, I don't respond. I don't really need their help. I'm just, I don't want them to come and t try to take over anything or try to buy me out. I'm not going to lie to you because I'm just so used to like having to do things on my own. Again, so I'm in the same, I didn't have a father. I didn't have any male figure going on. My dad went to jail when I was eight. Been in jail the whole, literally he got out and he's still doing the same stuff. So I don't, I never had a, a male role model to show me what to do. I, f I find that sometimes I have a hard time listen to authority or even taking mentorship because I'm not used to that relationship. It's just how I, I'm not used to it. I'm used to just survival mode, figuring it out on myself. But I'm not opposed to it. If I would have a mentor, it would really be just, uh, it's hard. It'd be connections. Connections helps just motivating me to tell me like, this is what I went through. Like, I always like hearing other people's stories because it makes me feel good about my story. Like, All right, well, look, I'm not the only one going through some shit. Seeing black men telling me stories like that, that's always good for me because I love to talk to the elders. And I love to be around older people in general. It, it would have to develop mentorship because I feel like I'm moving so fast that it would be hard for someone to even get me to slow down. I'm right. moving so fast, but I'm not opposed to mentorship because I listen, I take advice, I take criticism. I love criticism because I need to improve myself. I need to be perfect. But no, I don't know. I, I don't know how to answer the mentorship question. But as far as Uber Eats, I will never reach out to any of them because you I mean I'm already doing it. I already followers don't mean anything, but Grubhub's been in business since 2004, and I already have more followers than them. I've only been in business for a year and a half. Mm. So it shows you that I'm doing something right without their help. And they see me. They know who I am. This whole support black business, free delivery thing, I've been doing this. They're only doing it for our money because they know how powerful our dollars are. So I don't respect that. So I definitely won't reach out just because of that. Got it. No, I, and I appreciate you sharing that and definitely being transparent. Let me ask, for you to break into these other markets, what's been one of the strategies that you've used? Because do you base it off of some relationships that you already have? Or are you reaching out to some of the premier black businesses and just giving them a phone call? What's that look like? Yeah, so how we do it first is, you, if you go on my page, you'll see I always post randomly at some black owned businesses in the city. So I always do that and I'll see who, who has the most feedback. And I also have an application that I had to take down because it was just too much. Literally, it was so many people applying every day. It was uh, bring a black and mobile to your city. So the most people, though, whoever is applying, I see their city. A lot of people from Atlanta wanted us to come out there. So then uh, what we do is we gather a list of all the black owned restaurants. We DM them. I put them on an email blast. I'll send them annoying email blast so they can keep reading it. We'll DM them all of them once and we'll do that every, every two weeks. Until they, until they sign up. Once they sign up, we'll go to the city and then we'll go out and hand out flyers. By that time, they all already heard of us and it just happens you know, naturally, organically. 
Got it. Has a lot of people reached out to you since you've now become a premier player in this space, especially as a young black entrepreneur, has a lot of people reached out to you to say, hey, I would love to do something similar um, that are young black entrepreneurs. Can you mentor me? Yeah, I've had people in Africa say so they want to do the exact same thing. People in, uh, in Canada and Europe, literally everywhere. So I can't do that because we're competition at that point. I can't just help someone set my whole, my whole business model because Uber Eats wouldn't do that. You know what I mean? So I couldn't do it, but I've had a lot of people reach out to me, whether it was trying to bring it out there, people who want to invest in me. It's every day, honestly. It's every day someone trying to buy stocks in the company. It's literally every day. But right now, we're just focused on growing it so it could be worth more. Because right now, we're in, the, we're in the startup stage. Selling a piece right now wouldn't be the best for the company. Right now, we're just trying to perfect the system. And if anyone does start the business model, I've had some people do it in Oklahoma, Tulsa, Oklahoma. And I don't know what happened to them. I don't know if they went out of business or they stopped doing it. But we, don't, we can't just be like, oh, let me help you get set up. That's a conflict of interest of what we're doing. But if someone were to start it and be successful and as big as us, I would literally applaud them. It's not like a competition thing to help black businesses. If you want to go help black people and black businesses and put dollars in our community, please go do that. Now, I can't help you because this is my business model. But it's no like shade of like, oh man, they they copying me. No, please copy me. If you're if you're gonna copy me, that means you're doing something right. Instead of go copying these people out here who's not doing good. If you're gonna copy me, someone who's actually trying to make a change and you're gonna be serious about it, I'm all for that. But business, I just can't help you do that just because it's a conflict of interest. That's all. I definitely I understand. What's it look like for you in the next three years for this business? to really grow into what you envision it can look like? Yeah, three years, for sure. We'll be in at least 30 uh, major U.S. cities, for sure. At least 30, and really probably expand it to a new market. You can go, once we build our customer base and we have the data, because that's all it is, everything is just data. Um, once we have people that know about the brand, we're a household name at this point. We can go into ride share. We can do whatever we want. We can just go into different markets. I have so many ideas for Black & Mobile. I can put it on anything, but... It's really just a focus on food delivery. It's expanding to even the grocery delivery, you know, helping fund grocery stores. We need our own grocery stores. So out of that money, I, I have no problem funding grocery stores and other restaurants to get started because if I'm getting a piece of it and I'm helping them get started up, not only do I get to make money, but I get to help the community generate more money as well. Once we go into the restaurant field and we, and we got a lot of restaurants signed up and we're hiring over 5,000 people, that's my goal, to hire as many people as possible. I already have over 400 people that, I, that have work in his driver. So we could get that to 5,000. Trump said it himself, 58% of our youth is unemployed. So if he's saying that, then we already know there's a problem and I'm here for the solution. So hiring our people, getting our business on there, going maybe into ride share, and then funding these other businesses that want to start up, whether it's grocery stores or other restaurants, that way they can start up and service the community. I love it, man. I absolutely love it. Where do you turn for inspiration? Because right now you got a lot on your plate. It's only you. You're, you're running a lot of stuff. Do you turn to a YouTube channel? Do you turn to a podcast? Do you read certain books? Where do you turn for inspiration and motivation? Just what I had to go through to get here. Honestly, that's really, I don't watch TV. I'm rarely on YouTube now. I'm literally busy all day. So by the time I get in the bed, I'm going to sleep. But I would really just say what, how I felt when I first started how hungry I was. Like, I never lost that hunger. I never lost that drive. I never lost the passion or the vision. So the minute something's going wrong, I'm panicking. It's just, I just remember when people say entrepreneurship, I don't even use that word no more. It literally look at it as survival. So it's not just about money. 
this is the survivor of our people and that's what's motivation we need to show more black men that we need to we need to fight for our community and our survival because right. not only are they killing us with the police in other countries but you know we're the top consumers it's so many issues mass incarceration it's so many issues that's going on with our community and we need to step up and be the warrior class we need to step up and, and defend our people and defend our community and that's really 100% what motivates me to know that they're fighting every day to keep us down. So I'm going to fight every day to keep us up. I love it, man. For anybody that's listening to this right now and they want to blaze their path just like you have, but maybe they have that little voice in their head that says that they're not smart enough, they're not strong enough, or maybe they just don't have enough resources. What's the one thing that you would say to them to get them to just take action? Listen. To anyone that's listening, I literally thought I was stupid until I was 21. I got held back twice, expelled from three schools, expelled from a whole school district, almost kicked out of college. I've never had a real job. And I literally did not believe in myself at all. Literally did not believe in myself. Literally until I started my business, I never believed in myself. So you have to believe in yourself. No one else is gonna care or see your worth until you believe in yourself. So if you're not gonna believe in yourself, then honestly, it sounds harsh, but just forget about it. If you're not going to believe, if you can't even give yourself enough respect to believe in yourself, but you'll respect other people for what they're doing, you need to respect yourself first and believe in yourself. And then from there, you have to just start. Like, whether you have an LLC or not, of course, I recommend that. But just start. Whether you just have to, I would say learn everything because paying someone for a website and all that stuff can be expensive. So try to learn as much as possible. Everything is out there. If you could be on your phone for six, seven hours on Instagram or Facebook or whatever, social media, TikTok, but you can't go on or you can't go on YouTube or Google and research about your business. You just need to love yourself more. That's really all it is. Respect, love mm-hmm. yourself more, and start your business. Because if you don't want to work for someone for the rest of your life, you need to just start now. And, and again, problems will come. Literally, as soon as I started my business, problems came. You have to learn how to go through them. Everything, everything that has a problem is a solution. You have to find it. It may not be the solution you want either. It may not be, but you, it has to be some solution always think solution. I'm always solution based. That's why I'm able to get this far because when something happens, I don't think about, man, this is sucks. Like, why is this happening to me? Please help me. I'm not, no, I'm not doing all that. I'm saying this is what happened. Here's the solution. Here's the loss. Here's the positive. That's it. Keep moving. And that's really all it is. And, it's, and as, as harsh as it sounds, that's literally all it is too. Keep going, keep rising. And when you get down, that's okay. Take the slow time. I, I pray for, I, that's the one thing I pray for is a slow day. Give me one slow day out of the week, please, because I can't deal with seven days a week, all day, 24-7. So take your little rest day, but don't ever stop. If you want to be successful, you want to be a, and oh, one more thing. Don't worry about anybody else in your field. Don't worry about anybody else. Instead of going into business to take someone else or hurt their pockets, I could have did that. You know what? I hate Uber Eats. Let me try to get them out of business and all these other delivery services. And here's why, just because of what I'm doing. No, they have theirs. How about you get yours first, worry about what you got going on, and then from there, People will, will gravitate towards your business and support you more than other services. That's the quickest way to get someone out of business if that's what you want to do. But don't focus on getting them out of business. Just focus on putting yourself in business to make money. Love it, man. For anybody who wants to stay connected with you, stay connected with the culture and the movement, where can they find you at? Yeah, so you can find us. If you just go to Google and type in Black and Mobile, we'll pop up for sure. But if you want to follow our content, Definitely Instagram. I'm not too active on Twitter and Facebook. We do have them. It's everything is black and mobile, but Instagram is definitely where you want to go. And if you're in the Atlanta, Detroit, or Philadelphia area, all you have to do is download our app. It's black and mobile on the Google Play Store or the App Store on Apple, and you can just support the movement and support a whole bunch of black businesses. And when you're supporting me, I'm one black business. You're supporting a restaurant. That's two. You're supporting the driver. That's three. 
And we had a whole, we had a black owned tech company develop the whole system. That's four black owned companies just supporting one transaction. I love it, man. I love it. I hope that someone hears this and they definitely go to the website. They definitely go to your Instagram because everything that you've been doing, it's hard to not respect it. It's not to, it's hard to not want to support it because you've bootstrapped, because you've went out there and you've defied the odds. And so I want to be the first one to say, if nobody else has told you today, my brother, I'm proud of you. I'm honored that you decided to come on here, bless us with your knowledge, your wisdom, and how you've gotten to this point. And I'm so excited to watch your growth. Remember, Remember Dream Nation in the I dream will. we trust. But just as he said, you got to start and you got to take action because otherwise it'll only merely be a fantasy. We'll catch you on the next one. Thank you, brother. Thank you. I really appreciate it. You have a, thanks for having me. Have a good one. Absolutely. That's all we got for this episode. Thank you for sticking around. That truly means a lot to me. And hopefully that means that we delivered massive value on this one. If you haven't already, the way that you could say thank you to myself and the team is just by heading over to iTunes and leaving a review and a rating. That's what iTunes loves to see. That's how we get out there even more. And I would definitely, definitely be grateful for it. I know the team would as well. Do me a favor and head on over to dreamnationpodcast.com. That's where you're going to be able to find all of the resources that we talked about in today's episode, as well as more exclusive content. And you'll also be able to sign up to our email list where we have more exclusive content. And we always love to hear the feedback from you all because you're our tribe. So remember, in the dream we trust, we'll see you on the flip side. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.